I believe that there's a ministry inside of every individual in this room. I believe that there is an influence inside of every person that God has ever created, whether it's an influence within our homes, within our communities, within our church, within our state, our nation, or our world. I believe there is a ministry inside of you. That was Miss Donna Ingball with Unashamed Love. She is a, a missionary with us, and it just so happened we were looking for a project and a person to bring in, and not next Sunday, but the next. We're going to have Miss Donna in, and I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you before we spend, and some of you are really proud that you have already gotten all your shopping done uh, before Black Friday so that you don't have to fight uh, that crowd literally, and then end up in the newspaper or on the news. But but some of you are like us, and uh, we're still waiting for that moment when it is the safest and the clearest and the cheapest to order everything from Amazon all at once. And so if you are like us, I want to encourage you this year to consider generosity over gift giving, to consider investing into things that will last beyond February. And we wanted, as a staff, we wanted to provide and present you with an opportunity, a hands-on ministry, face-to-face. So in two weeks, Miss Donna is going to be here with us, and she doesn't know this, but we are going to give her an extravagant offering. It's not going to go to us. It's going to go through us as a congregation and as a church. And I'm going to, by the end of this message, I'm going to relieve you even from the pressure of that because I'm only teaching the principle today of generosity. If you have your Bibles, your iPad, iPhone, or if you are by chance one of the uh, conflicted individuals who have Android products and not Apple, then you can turn in your Bible. What? And turn in your Bible to 1 Timothy chapter 6. I know that that was preferential statement. Uh, there's, there's only one Apple in the Bible, and it was in the book of Genesis, and it actually didn't do us very well. It's actually not an apple. It was just referred to as fruit. But for the next couple of weeks, we're going to be in a series just simply called Generosity, where we talk about acts of kindness being the door into ministering to an individual. At the end of this series, my hope is that we go from um, what do I get out of giving of my time, my energy, my effort, and my talent and my treasure. Um, surely giving is not bound by or bound to finances, but certainly giving uh, does not exclude our finances. And we want to address the balance between the two because most of the time when a pastor gets on a microphone and begins to preach about giving, it's because there's a need. Most of the time when a, a pastor gets the microphone and, and begins to, to preach on the tithe, and, and I was thankful that we, we had an individual in the house that just believes in it, and uh, if she keeps doing that well, she's going to begin replacing staff members, I'm telling you right now. Because she can say things as a lay leader that if we say it as a staff member, it may come off as more offensive or there they go just asking for money again. And, and I want you to understand that we're not preaching a series on generosity because you're not being generous. That's not what's happening today. In fact, you are one of the most generous churches I've ever gotten to be a part of. And my life is easier 
because I don't stress over the finances of this church. We budget and steward and appropriate the generosity of people like you and your family. So I'm not teaching out of pressure. I'm teaching because I believe in this principle. From now, from now on, I, I want you to consider giving and I, I want you to consider generosity, even as acts of kindness throughout your day, not as what, is, what am I going to get out of this, but not what do I get when I give, but what do I get to give? It's the mentality of uh, Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus, you know, the wee little man up in the tree that Jesus came by one day to see. That's not even how that goes. I just thought it'd be fun. And Zacchaeus is in the tree and, and Jesus commands him to come down. And then Zacchaeus repents of his sin and, and Jesus forgives him. And because he meets Jesus, he says, unlike the rich young ruler who was scared and, and fearful of, every, of giving up everything that he had when he met Jesus. And that, that is what kept him from following Jesus. Zacchaeus says, because I've met you, I'm going to go pay everybody back anything that I've ever taken away. And actually, I'm going to give back to them four times anything that I've ever taken. Because he realized what Jesus was giving him was more valuable than anything that he could ever give. And he did not give to get, but he gave because he had already gotten. In 2018, as a church, just to let you know, because you give and you're here and you invest, in 2018, this is how we will operate. We are currently working with the board and our finances, and we will appropriate 90% of the funds given in 2017 as an operating budget for 2018. So 90% of everything that we brought in from 2017, we will use as a budget to operate in 2018. Because we teach on it so often, what you need to understand is that the first 10% for us as a church will go into a missions account. The first 10% every week, we take the first fruit of what you have given to us, and we as a church, because we practice the same principle that we preach, and we do it as families, and if we don't, we talk about it, and we work towards that objective, but we will take the first 10% and we will put it into a missions account. And then we will operate on the rest uh, appropriately. So every week that goes into missions. Um, over this past year, and I just I want to celebrate your generosity. Remember, I'm not preaching this out of pressure or out of need. I'm, I'm teaching you the principle of generosity because that's what we believe in. And actually, I'm going to show you by the end of the day that that is what God used to reveal his love for the entire world. But at the end of this year, between the guest evangelist uh, which is why we bring them in. They're incredible communicators, but they all represent ministries that we have an opportunity to sow into as a church between the, the guest evangelists and their ministries, some missionaries that we bring in and we get to know personally and we give extra offerings to them, um, our teachers that we invested in uh, at the beginning of the school year, the welcome house, the food bank, um, and by the way, there's a food drive coming up. You can see that in our bulletin. The food drive for the city is coming up, so we're collecting non-perishables. Um, Monday and Tuesday, our offices will be open this week for non-perishable items. You can bring those, and all next week, and we're going to take as much as we can to them, and they're looking for volunteers. But the food bank, Harvey Relief, 
and then our, our faith promises where you guys give um, as, a, as a faith promise and say, listen, this is what the Lord has, has led me to give above and beyond what he's required. I'm going to give, we're going to give this, and we would like this specifically to go towards missions. You guys will have given over $60,000 this year to missions, to evangelists, to special projects, to our local health fair, and all the things. You guys are incredibly generous. And the differences that our church is making because of your generosity is showing up on Sunday morning. The difference that this church is making because of your generosity is showing itself faithful in the student center on Wednesday night. The difference that your generosity is making because we were able to hire youth pastor, worship pastor, children's pastor, and these people that don't have to try to fight and struggle to, to work full-time all week long and then also give full-time attention to a ministry that requires everything that you have on a weekly basis. Because you give, we are able to minister to 60 to 70, sometimes 80 babies to elementary school into middle school every week because of your generosity this church is making a difference in this community and people are telling the stories of the things that are happening at New Hope and lives are being changed 35 people were baptized three months ago 13 more people are being baptized today and I'm believing for 500 600 700 more to be broken by Easter and go into the summer with momentum when most churches are hoping and wondering what they're going to do to get through the summer new hubs just gonna keep on selling because of the generosity of people like you we're not just talking about what we've done we have a vision for what God is calling us to do it's because of your giving are Jason and Christina in here I don't see them. are they in here can you wave guys wave at us there they are yeah I have a surprise because of the giving of new hope fellowship not just because of everything that you put together and orchestrated with not one but two teams that they led to Houston's Harvey Relief effort. They were going to, on a trip uh, to Nicaragua with the church that we were uh, partnered with over there for the Houston Relief effort. And we as a board came together on Thursday night. And I waited until just now to tell you that New Hope Fellowship is going to pay for your trip to Nicaragua. <laughs> Not because of what you've done, but because we believe in you. And because of the generosity of people in the house, we have now been able to send out this year. Micah went on a trip earlier this year that we were able to support. I can't look at her again. But now we get to send these two out of our church onto the mission field. In two weeks, we get to have Donna Ingvall, who is in the trenches Ministering to young women who are stuck, who feel like they have no hope, who feel like the only option for them is to traffic themselves and their bodies. And we're going to give to her and her ministry because she is on the front line bringing women out of that, bringing children out of that. And she's praying, praying currently for God to show her a building that she can purchase, and I want to be a part of it. God is doing incredible things, and when we give, we get to be a part of those things. See, people are going to talk about us whether we like it or not. 
And we can't control whether they talk about us, but we can control what they're saying. We do have a choice in the stories that they tell. We as a church will be known for something. And at the end of the day, as the leader of this ship, for whatever reason that God saw to put us at the helm, at the end of the day, the heart of this pastor is not to be known for our doctrine. It's not to be known even for our belief system. It is to be known for our generosity and what we do as a church for the community that God has put us in to impact and make a difference. Eunice, Louisiana should be different because Jesus put new hope in it and you should be different because he put it in you generosity it is truly a beautiful thing first timothy chapter six let's look at verse 17 i love you guys i'm sorry i didn't give you a heads up on that i just i thought it'd be way more fun to do it that way verse 17 teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud And not to trust in their money or their provision, which is so unreliable. Some of us learned that in 2008. Some of us learned it in the real estate crash in 2011 and 12. It's so unreliable. Instead, our trust shouldn't be in our provision. It should be in the God that provides, who richly gives us all as we need for our enjoyment. Did you know it's okay to enjoy what God has given to you? That you don't have to live this strict, stern, stagnated life of sacrifice. In fact, Jesus has done all the sacrificing that the church will ever need. All we have to do is be obedient. God is not interested in our sacrifice. In fact, He is more pleased with obedience than He has ever been with sacrifice. Verse 18 says, tell them to use their money to do good, to be generous. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always being ready to share with others. Verse 19, by doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience True life. I won't make you do it because I don't like it when pastors make me do it, but I really want to make you just echo over and over and over again. True life. It's through our giving and our generosity that other people get to experience true life. It's through our our, our obedience to God in our time when we see somebody in need that we stop our busy schedule and we pause and we minister to that need. It's through our generosity of our talent or our ability that we go and help someone do what they can't do for themselves, what they could never give back. And that, my friends, is true life. Let me clarify this morning that only Jesus gives eternal life. We're not talking about eternal life when we're talking about works. Only Jesus gives eternal life, but we can see in Scripture, it is very clear that after we have received that eternal life, there is a reward system there that is referenced. Uh, Pastor Tony Evans said it this way. He said, faith will take you to heaven. Faith will take you to heaven. 
But works will bring heaven to earth. Works will reveal what God has done and what God is doing in you. And it will make your life believable. John Bunyan, of all the philosophers that I could have pulled, he said this, you've not truly lived today until you've done something for someone who can never repay you. You've never truly lived today until you've done something for someone who can never repay you. There's a lot of wisdom in that statement. If we as a church were to do a message on giving or generosity, even though it irritates people and causes some people to stop coming to church altogether for some reason, and I think it's because it's been abused and taken advantage of so many times that people don't trust the church or the ministry that they're given to anymore. And so we refuse to be that way. But if I were to do a message on generosity that was equivalent to how many times it's mentioned in Scripture, I would have to do two to three four-week series annually in order to balance our teaching on how often giving and generosity are mentioned in Scripture. Let me show you for an example. And by the way, as a pastor of this church, this is only my second one in a year and a half. And I'm only doing it for two weeks because Christmas is around the corner and I, I can't just keep preaching on Thanksgiving when it goes to Christmas That would be as crazy as people hanging Christmas decorations before Thanksgiving. (laughs) I struck a nerve. How many times is giving in Scripture? Well, let's back up a little bit. Let's talk about the word believe. Surely the word believe is in Scripture... uh, extremely often. It's a a word that we should come by almost every time that we open the Bible. And the word believe is actually in Scripture 272 times. The word believe is in Scripture. Um, What about the word pray? I mean, that seems like a a word that we should probably see a lot. It's important to our relationship with Jesus that we we pray and we, we speak to God and we listen to God and we spend time in prayer. The word prayer is mentioned 300 and 71 times in Scripture. It's pretty important. Um, What about the word love? You know, Paul was pretty interested in love. He wrote an entire chapter on it in 1 Corinthians 13. In fact, he said, I don't care if you speak in the tongues of men and angels. If you have not love, you're a gong show, and you need to be hit in the head with a symbol. Is what it says, sort of. But if love is so important, that he actually based whether people were or were not living for Jesus on whether they had love. And we know that God is defined as love. So surely love is in Scripture often. Here it is. Love is in the Scripture 714 times. So we have believe at 272, pray at at 371, and and love at 714. Man, these are important, right? These are important to our, our Christian walk. The word give is in Scripture 2,161 times. And yet, as pastors, we have to be careful talking about it because we don't want to offend anyone about this word because the church has been so accused, as, as many others have, of only caring about money and being money hungry. And, and that's on us. That's on us for appropriating those things the wrong way and and abusing those things. But I believe that give is in Scripture 2,161 times because giving 
is what God's heart is truly all about. The message that God wants us to get and understand is that we serve a generous God that desires to be intimately involved in our lives. John 3, 16, he says it this way, For God so loved that he gave. He gave to whom? See, giving is like the verb of the Bible. If the Bible were a sentence, the subject of the Bible would be God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The verb would be giving. And the object of which God gave would be us. It's so important to God because God's greatest desire is relationship. From Genesis to Revelation, that is what God is all about, is relationship with His people. And He shows that relationship through generosity. For God so loved that He gave. The Apostle Paul recognized it in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. He said, I have been a constant example. That's pretty bold. Like, I mean, I feel like I've given a lot to this just in the last decade. But Paul pretty boldly says, I have been a constant example. Like if I stood up here and said that to you, some of you would be a little offended. And it would start right here on the front row. She'd be like, no, you ain't. Like she may begin to just testify right here in front of everybody. But Paul said, I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. Remember, faith will get you to heaven, but generosity and and giving and works can bring heaven to earth. God reveals himself through his giving. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus, Paul says, it is more blessed to give than to receive. So this Thanksgiving, as we go into Christmas, I want you to remember that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Every time that that we stand up here and we present you with an opportunity, I don't want you to feel the pressure of giving. Honestly, whether you're our guest for the first time or if you've been here every week for the last 30 years, I don't ever want you to feel the pressure of giving. Instead, I always want you to feel the purpose of giving because the New Testament doesn't just tell us that we should tithe our first tenth and the first fruit and pat ourselves on the back and feel really good about it. No, the Bible says in the New Testament that we should give as God has purposed in our heart. So I don't ever want you to sense the pressure any longer. Anytime that anybody begins to talk about the dreaded finances of what we have, instead, begin to hear the purpose. Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And we've heard this scripture before, but I don't think that it really hit home until I read a book called Lead Like Jesus. I never truly understand, never truly understood the impact of this statement until I, until I realized that Jesus, the Son of God, could have left his throne in heaven. He could have come down, he could have killed the Roman emperor and established his kingdom with authority and power. But instead, he chose to reveal himself as the illegitimate son of a carpenter from a place that no one knew. 
They saw this man teaching in the synagogues and they would go, isn't that the carpenter's boy? They saw him healing thousands of people and and feeding 5,000 people with two fish and five loaves, not just 5,000 people, 5,000 men and 20,000 people. And they were looking like, that's Joe's boy. (laughs) That dude's from Nazareth. Like, he ain't supposed to be here. It's like Clint Brown in Orlando. That dude's from Eunice. What is he doing over here? (laughs) People buying his CDs by the millions. But that's what Jesus does with an ability whenever we hand it over to him. He multiplies it in a way that we could have never imagined him multiplying it. You see the people saying like, that dude fixed my roof when he was 13. Look at him now. (laughs) That's how Jesus decided to reveal himself. And that's how he wants us to reveal him as well. Not through our words, not through our strong will, but through our heart of generosity. That we as his bride would seek not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Remember, I've been telling you for the last couple of weeks, and I really felt like God even gave me a vision last week when our in-house pastor Blaine was, was speaking. And I saw behind every person in the room, in my mind, in the spirit, in my knowing, I saw behind every individual Just as I was standing here and there was a church behind us, a body of believers that we get to lead. I believe in every person in this room. There is a body of believers behind you. There is a body of individuals with the potential to know Jesus and make him known. They may never all come into the same room together, but I'm telling you, if you will learn the principle of servanthood, the principle of generosity in every area of your life, you will begin to multiply the kingdom of God in a way that you will only get to see when you stand before him. And that is when you will hear, well done, good and faithful servant. Go and hug all the people that you just led into my kingdom because of your generosity and you're willing to serve. Your life represents the ransom of many. The heart of this church is that when we connect with the generous God, which we try to do in every service every Sunday, when we connect with the generous God, it makes us generous. Pastor John or Aaron, would you come so that these people have hope that we're going to end on time? I've always wanted to say that. I used to hear other people do it. We're waiting for the right moment. Felt like that was it, but it didn't really get that great of a response. So may save it for later. Look at verse, uh, Psalm 37. This is one of my favorite passages in Scripture. Psalm 37 is a powerful chapter. If you're looking for something to read, turn to, to Psalm 37. But in verse 23, it says this. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. One version said, If the Lord delights in a man's way, He delights in every detail of their lives. Verse 24, Though they stumble, they'll never fall. They'll never fall. Even though they may stumble, they might get a little overzealous and make some people mad. Hi, I'm Chris. (laughs) Even though they may stumble, they may revert back to their former attitude or even their former actions at times. Hi, 
guys. We're all in the same hospital here. We're all seeking to serve the same generous God. We're all in this together. Even though they stumble, they will never fall. Can you look, look, I want you to see this. Can you see the picture of the father holding up a new walker? You know, when you send your child out across the parking lot, when they first learn how to walk, you know, I just be like, all right, go. <laughs> I mean, unless you're me and there's an aisle and then they fall and your wife screams at you and that happens at times. But most of us, we're going to hold our child because they're going to stumble all along the way, right? But the Bible says that if the Lord directs the steps of the godly or if the Lord delights in a man's way, he makes his steps firm. And though he may stumble, he will not fall. Why? You can't. Because he's holding you. He's saying, I've got you. Give of yourself. Give of your time. I know you're scared, but it's okay. I've got you. Learn how to give the first fruit. I know it seems like it's bigger than you, but I promise I will open up the floodgates of heaven and pour out a blessing that you cannot contain. I will rebuke the devourer on your behalf because I've got you. I got you. What makes a person God? Like, how do we know? Go back to verse 23. The Lord directs the steps of the godly. Man, what a promise. What a promise that is. How, how do we identify the godly? Like, this doesn't make us godly. Jesus makes us godly. He's the only one. Our faith in him. He makes us godly. But how do we identify the godly? What an incredible promise we get to be a part of. Well, how do I know that I'm godly? Back up in the context of this passage and look at verse 21. It says, the wicked borrow and never repay. But the godly are generous givers. That's how you know. That's how you know when you're becoming like Jesus. It's how you know when you're capturing the heart of God and he's changing you. Because it changes how you treat others. It changes how you see others, and it changes how you are even willing to be obedient to Him. Remember, faith will take you to heaven, but works will bring heaven to earth. Jesus is generous, not just with His earthly treasure, although He did say that where your treasure is, your heart shall be also. He didn't say where your heart is, your treasure will be. He said where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. What you invest the most, time, talent, treasure, effort, energy, finances, that's what you care about the most. And listen, if that thing's not Jesus, it's an idol. And I know that's heavy. And you don't have to fix it today. But you can start. You can start by letting God teach you how to be generous just as Jesus was generous. See, Jesus lived a life of generosity. And if I want to be, if I want to be like Jesus, I have to learn to be generous. I can't be like Jesus and not be generous. They just don't go together. A follower of Jesus develops a heart that is generous. That's what we do. A follower of Jesus 
develops a heart that is generous. I love Pastor John's story, and I'll close with this today. Pastor John went to Taco Bell with Haven. Um, He was in the restaurant, and he was feeding his family, and he opened up his tacos, and, and just like many of us, you know, our tacos for our children, they have to be specific tacos. Like, it's not just like, give me a taco, right? It's like, give me a taco with meat and cheese and lettuce. No, I want salad. Salad is lettuce. It's the same. Love of Peter. You're going to get your salad, okay? Let me order. Meat and cheese and lettuce, right? Whatever it was that Pastor John ordered that day, got it to the table, and, you know, we look at it, we're like, man. So now we have to choose, eat it (laughs) and get fussed when we get home or go back and face the people that made the taco. (laughs) So, like, you know, I've been fussed before. It's not really that bad. I was Okay, I'll face the taco lady. And so I go back, right? He goes back, and, and he begins to share, and he can tell this lady is having a bad day. Bad day. And she, like, takes the taco out of his hand and throws it in the trash. I've been like, it's good, you know? <laughs> She's frustrated. She's irritated. So he gets the taco back, and he goes back and sits down, and he opens up his, and it's wrong, too. <laughs> I'd have ate it. I'm just saying He's like, mm, sour cream makes me gaseous. So he takes it. I made that up. I don't know if that's even true. Find out tonight at 5 o'clock for our best dish dinner. Don't miss it with your family. He's, so he takes the taco back up. He's like, listen, I'm really sorry. And she takes it. And same thing. She's two for two, right? She were in the big league. She go to the Hall of Fame. One game, two for two. And instead of blowing up on this young lady, like, I mean, I probably would have done, but like, girl, you throw one more thing, you going in. <laughs> That's, or at least I'm going to call your boss, your superintendent, your manager, or somebody, because somebody needs to know you're acting like this in the front of this deal. That's not what he did. On occasion, God helps us all. And, and in this moment, the Spirit of God came upon him, and, and he just began to sense that there was something going on with this girl. And he just asked her, hey, listen, I, you seem frustrated. I'm really sorry. I, we'll, whatever you get back to us, we'll, we'll take it. We'll eat it. But, but can, can I just, is there anything that I can pray with you about? And this young lady began to cry. And I'm, I'm sure I'm going to mess up the details of the story, but, but ultimately she was a runaway and she was all alone. And she was doing this, just trying to get by. Pastor John and his family ended up ministering to the girl. They prayed with her there. and Through that act of kindness, through that act of kindness, she began to come to their church. And their church was able to minister to her, buy her a bus ticket, and send her back to her family. Can I say this today? You never know who you're ministering to. You never know who God is asking you to be generous to. But I promise you that if you will be obedient, 
even if it's just $20, God will show you the why behind the what when you show that you're willing to be obedient. As King David asked, and I'm going to close today, is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? And this is a little heavy, but this is going to take us into the altar today. Can I say this gently as as I took it on the chin myself whenever I heard it? Listen to this. God is not interested in yesterday's testimony. It's already been done. It's already been recorded. We can't live in yesterday's testimony. I could tell you an incredible story today about giving. But if I come back and tell that same story next week and the same story next week, it's going to lose its impact. Because God is not impressed by yesterday's testimony, but listen, He is excited about tomorrow's. He already knows what's coming, and He knows how He wants to use you if you'll just be obedient and learn how to be generous. ask you one more time, is there not? cause Father I pray that you would help us right now this week of Thanksgiving for many it's a reminder of things that they have lost or things that they feel like they've lost and it's heavy and it's a tough time but I pray for those right now that they would be ministered to and that they would remember that even in the midst of trial even in the midst of testing, even in the midst of temptation, you are still able to show yourself faithful. Lord, right now, I pray that you would stir in us a heart for generosity, that you would help us to understand that your greatest desire for us is relationship with us, and you show that through generosity. So God, help us today to hear your heart and respond appropriately. I want to ask this question today. If you're in the room, see, before you give anything else, God is only interested in you giving one thing. He just wants you. It's the reason that he sent his son to earth to serve and give his life as a ransom. It's a reason that Jesus was willing to carry the cross down the Via Della Rosa And up the hill of Golgotha, it was the reason that he was willing to hang and give his life. And three days later, it's the reason that he came out of that grave so that you could have life in him. And before you give anything else, he just wants you to give yourself. So if you're in here today and you haven't given your heart to Jesus, or you need to rededicate your heart to Jesus, Would you just lift your hand right where you are and say, that's me. I want to get this thing right today. Pastor, I just want you to include me in this prayer. I'm not going to make you come up in front of everybody. We're not going to embarrass you. But if you have never given your heart to Jesus or you know that he doesn't have it right now and you want to make that right today, would you just lift your hand right where you are and say, Pastor, that's me. I see you, sweetheart. Anybody else? I see you. Anybody else? Come on, don't wait on somebody else. This is for you. Thank you. Can I ask you another question in the room today? God doesn't want us to 
live on yesterday's testimony. But he's excited about tomorrow's. He doesn't want us to live in the past. He wants us to look to today and tomorrow and the next and the next. So when I ask you in the room this morning, if, if you have been convicted today and you would like to refocus your heart on giving and generosity and you know that you need to make that shift and begin to learn how to give as God gave and be generous as Jesus is generous. Would you just lift your hand right where you are and say, Pastor, that's me. I need to learn. I need to get better. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? I see you. Hands all across the room. Don't wait on anybody else. Just confess today, Lord, that's me. I need to be more generous. I need to learn your heart and live it out on a daily basis. Church, would you stand with me this morning all around the room? I want you to pray this prayer, whether you raise your hand or not. I want you to pray this with me today and let Jesus minister to you. If you raised your hand to give your heart to Jesus, we believe here that if you will pray this with all of your heart, that he will hear your prayer. He will forgive you, cleanse you, and you can walk out of this place new with a new purpose. Come on, church, pray with me today. Jesus, forgive me for the times that I've been more selfish than generous. Help me to make it right. Save me and cleanse me. God, do only what you can do, but fill me with your spirit and help me to do my part. I believe in your son that he gave his life for me. Take my life. Make it yours. Use me as you did him. In Jesus' name. Come on, church. Would you celebrate big this morning? Praise God for those who have rededicated, dedicated, committed their heart to Jesus. Listen, I don't want you to think about it. I want you to consider it. I want you to let God purpose it in your heart. But if you have dedicated or rededicated your life to the Lord in the last six months, seven months, a year, and you have not been baptized in water, I have a meeting right now after service over in the student center. We're going to have water baptisms after the second service. I want you to really consider being a part of that service as a public profession of your personal faith before God and man that you are ready to get in the journey, to get on board and do what God has created you for. Come and see us over in the student center if you're interested in that. And if you are being baptized, I'm going to meet with you in the next 10 minutes. If you're here today and you've got plans, take off and enjoy those plans. Be safe this week. God bless you. Bring your family with us. And you are dismissed this morning to go and pray over somebody else like I do you every week. We'll see you at 5 o'clock this evening.